Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one of The Theological Arsonist. This is the first installment of what is hopefully going to grow and become a movement. So what I want to do today, what I want to accomplish today, is basically just give a general overview of what people who are watching can expect and people who are listening, what they can expect as well. So I'm really, really excited. I've been brainstorming this whole idea, and uh, so basically, yeah, I'm just going to lay out my vision going forward. So as you know, if you've seen the trailer, if not, go watch it. But if you've seen the trailer, you know that this whole idea was born out of a quote from Doug Wilson that said, it is not the job of the preacher to be out in the world putting out other people's fires. It's the job of the preacher to be an arsonist. And this really got me thinking about the state of our world. And I look around and I see a bunch of very, very passionate arsonists the only problem is they are not christians lots of people exist and are out there starting fires think about it so many movements being pushed so many agendas being pushed so much rampant wickedness being pushed and these are all people that are pushing what they feel is right starting fires arsonists and so we live in a world full of arsonists and yet, we have the tendency as Christians to end up on the defense. We end up out there putting out fires rather than starting our own. And so this whole idea was born out of a desire to get Christians back to being offensive. We have a king that is on the throne, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we are his messengers in this world. And it is through our proclaiming of the gospel that God has predestined his kingdom to grow. And so I don't want to sit back and look at the world with all these agendas, with all these people who are going to push their ideologies on us and sit on the defense putting out these fires. I want to be on the offense. I want to stir people up. I want to be offensive for the name of Jesus Christ. And of course, not needlessly offensive, but offensive in the sense that I am going to proclaim a message that says, Hey, this life is not all there is, and in fact, eternity awaits you, and there is something that you need to do. You either put your faith in Jesus Christ, or you face the condemnation and the wrath of God. We need to get back to being blunt, to not sugarcoating truth. And unfortunately, what I see is a lot of Christians who live in a state of fear because the world is so good at starting fires. And so these Christians end up trying to put out fires rather than start their own. Now in my brainstorming, I thought to myself, how can we equip Christians? How can we help believers to be arsonists? And what it really boiled down to for me was taking an assessment of the state of the world right now taking an assessment of christian culture and the reality is we live in a very broken christian culture we live in a christian culture that's on the decline especially here in the west specifically here in the west and the reason it's on the decline is because christians have opted to elevate the words and the philosophies of man over the inerrant word of God. And this is the simple truth. Christians have opted to gather 
the philosophies of man in the expense of biblical truth. And so it's no longer the Bible alone. It's no longer sola scriptura. It is a mix of the good stuff in the Bible that's appealing to me and the philosophies of the world that will keep me safe and keep people liking me and on my side. And so when I assessed Christian culture as a whole, and again, I'm not boosting myself up here. I have theological flaws in my views as well. But when I looked at Christian culture as a whole, I saw a, a pervasive people-pleasing, a pervasive sense of, I deserve something from God, a pervasive sense that we are the centerpiece of God's redemptive plan. And what this boils down to is just what I said, mixing philosophies of man with scripture, mashing them together and calling it the gospel. And so, my friends, my solution is, if we want to take back culture, if we want to start fires that are going to be actually effective, if we want to get off the defense, then the first thing that we need to do is we need to learn proper theology. We need to study our Bibles and let them do the talking. We need to let our Bibles do the talking. And if it flies in the face of society, which it will, so be it. If it says the exact opposite of what everybody else is saying, so be it. If it says the exact opposite of most Christians, so be it. What we need to do is we need to stand on the word of God alone and nothing else. And so that's the mission of this movement. That is the mission of this podcast is to bring people together and say, what does God's word say? Nothing else. We're not going to bring in our philosophies. We are going to look at scripture. We are going to allow scripture to dictate truth, not us. Are we going to be flawed in our interpretation of Scripture? Yes. Are we going to have differences of opinion when it comes to Scripture? Yes. But the beautiful thing is that God created man to study his word, to grow in his word, and it is so sanctifying for believers to come together and study it. So my goal with this is to study God's word, to allow the truth of God's word to speak, to go back and forth with brothers and sisters in Christ and say, hey, what does this say? To disagree, to agree, to unify, to strengthen, to sharpen. And in turn, allow you guys, the listeners, the hearers, the arsonists, to take it all in and then go out and share it with the world. And so going forward, next week, I will be dropping my first episode with my first guest. The week after that, there will be another guest. And the week after that, there will be another guest. I've already got three guests lined up with more on the way. And in each episode going forward, we're going to be talking about different particular subjects. And the way that I'm doing this is similar to what I'm doing right now. I typically have a bunch of notes for most of the stuff I talk about, and I kind of read off my notes as I preach. Right now, I'm just having a conversation. I've got nothing written down. This is candid. This is off the top of my head. 
And that's how these future conversations are going to be as well. I'm going to get people on the show. We're going to have an interview with them. And I'm going to ask questions. And I'm having them pick out the topics. So, for example, the first guest, we're going to be talking about the sovereignty of God and the implications of that on the Christian life. And that is a subject that I let him pick. I said, hey, I want to know what you are passionate about talking about and let's bring that on the show and let's seek truth over it and so each guest that i have on is going to bring a different subject that they have thought of on their own and we are going to have a candid conversation about it and my hope is that through this not only will you hear the back and forth of brothers and sisters in christ diving into the word but on top of that you will also hear two people equally dedicated to starting fires in the world that will change culture as we know it. We need a revival, folks. We need the church to stand for God again with no excuse. And so that is my goal and my mission with this show, is to take a dying church in the West and not just revive it, but turn it into the most dangerously offensive movement this world has ever seen. And I'm not the head of the movement. Christ the King is. One of the verses I love most comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, For he must reign until he has made all his enemies a footstool for his feet. In the Psalms it says, the Lord, my Lord, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I have made all your enemies a footstool for your feet. We see this picture pop up multiple times of Christ reigning and his enemies being subdued. Christ said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. To me. Therefore, and we need not look over that word therefore, because that's important. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. And the interesting thing is, sometimes I think Christians simplify the gospel. We think that it's just about saying, hey, Jesus died for your sins. Accept him. And then, then we're done. That's it. But it, it goes far beyond that. It's not a matter of Jesus died for your sins and then you move on to the next person. That's not discipleship. Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples. Disciples are different than people who say, I accept that message and then move on. Disciples are people who are actively following Jesus Christ. And for us to make disciples, disciples requires us to know God's word and to teach and to sharpen and to refine. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we've made in culture and in the Christian church is this idea that the pastors and the teachers are the ones who do God's work. We're just the listeners. We just sit and we take it in and we go, oh, Good message, Pastor. That was great. I took my notes, I read my Bible, and then we get home, we put the Bible back up on the shelf, and we live our weeks as if nothing has changed. 
Friends, when Jesus said, therefore go, he was not just talking to a special group of gifted people. He was talking to every Christian on earth. The disciples of Christ discipled others to, to follow Christ. Those disciples discipled others. How do you think the gospel has made it this far? Because of faithful believers who have discipled the nations as Jesus commanded. Why do you think Christianity is failing in the West? <clears throat> and I shouldn't use the word failing, but why do you think that Christianity has been so rampaged by false teaching and apostasy? Well, maybe it's because we've lost sight of the call to discipleship. So my hope is not that you'll listen to this show and be encouraged by a good word. My hope is that you're not going to listen to this show and say, Ah, that was awesome. Can't wait to watch the world get changed. <laughs> my hope is that you will take this upon your shoulders... And that you will recognize that the power to change the world has been granted unto you because of him who reigns and who said, therefore go. And just on another note, because of how sad I am about culture right now, if we look out at the world right now and we see the riots going on, destruction of property, when we look and we see the death of George Floyd. And we look and see the peaceful protests, which I'm a huge fan of and I have so much support for. And we see all this stuff. It can be very easy to look and say, the world is falling to pieces. It can be very easy to get discouraged and think that the world is ending and falling apart. But the thing we need to remember is that beyond the senators, beyond the governors, beyond the mayor and the city officials, beyond the Supreme Court, beyond the President of the United States, beyond the United Nations, beyond all leaders and authority, there is one ruler on his throne who commands them all. And his name is Jesus Christ. Friends, we are not preaching a gospel about a king that is to come. We are preaching a about a gospel about a king who is. We're not preaching a message saying, trust Jesus, he's coming someday. We are telling people that there is a new king in town who has been inaugurated, who is on his throne, who is reigning supreme, who all authorities are under. Why do you think Christians get persecuted? They get persecuted because leaders and world powers feel threatened that somebody is saying there is somebody higher than they are. Imagine that. Through our words, we can intimidate the powers of the world. The gospel is powerful. Don't underestimate it. Don't underestimate what Jesus said when he said, I will draw all men unto myself. Don't underestimate the Psalms when they say that all nations will return to the Lord and worship his name. 
Don't underestimate the power that we have through the name of Jesus Christ. But in order for us to be effective, we must hold Scripture in high esteem. We must study Scripture. And we must preach the truth uncompromised. Because if we compromise the truth, my friends, there are souls at stake. This is not a a fun and games thing. This is not a, well, I want to make that person feel better. This is a, hey, if you falsify the gospel, if you compromise the gospel for the sake of pleasing ears, you are not thinking long term. Because we live in a world where people are bound for hell right now. A tragic, tragic reality, but a reality nonetheless. And we have a message that can save them. That's what this is all about. We have a message that can save the world. We need to look in the Bible, know the message, know the truth of God's word, be able to answer questions, be able to disciple the nations, and then we need to go out and start fires. It's as simple as that. So I don't want this first episode to go too long. It's just an introduction. Getting your appetites wet for next week's amazing conversation I'm going to have. But I want to read two verses. Actually, three verses. Three verses that for me are the fundamental foundation for this movement. And I can assure you that each and every guest that I have on this show is right in line with these things. So the first verse represents the desire for God's word to be the ultimate authority. That comes from Hebrews 4.12. I read it in the trailer. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and it is, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Right there, we see the truth. God's word is living and powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces the soul. It pierces the spirit. It pierces the joints and the marrow. And it is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. There's nothing the word of God cannot do. So we must study it faithfully and know it. Secondly, Colossians 1.16 For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. So my second point is, this whole thing is about Christ. Not me, not my guests, not even the world, not even saving Christianity in the West, or in the world. Rather, this is about Jesus Christ. All things that were created were created through him. And all things that were created, visible or invisible, are for him. And so my perspective in this is, number one, Scripture needs to be our one and only source of truth. And secondly, everything that is said and everything that is done on this show is for the glory of God. 
And then lastly, a more personal call to us as believers. Colossians 2.6 As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How have we received Christ? By faith. How do we walk in him? By faith. Faith alone, through the grace of God alone. All for the glory of God. Holding the word of God open as our ultimate authority. Friends, if we can recognize that through faith in Christ, he has made us a new creation so that we are capable of discerning and understanding the things of God, we can go forth and for the glory of God, open up his word and say, what does this say? Read it, understand it, and go out and preach the gospel to the world. One of my favorite verses in scripture, I said I was going to do three verses, here's a fourth one, and then I'm going to close. Jesus is preparing his disciples and John about the Holy Spirit. And he says, when the helper arrives, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I have commanded. And I just think that's a, such a beautiful picture of just the totality of what it means to be a Christian and be indwelt with the Spirit of God. Through the Spirit, we are taught all things. And he will bring to mind all that Jesus has commanded. The reason that we're no longer under the law, as Paul says, the reason that we're no longer having to answer to tablets of stone or systematic dietary laws is because the fulfillment of the law dwells within us and actually has the power to equip us to obey. See, we cannot obey God in pursuit of getting on God's good side. We have to be on God's good side in order to obey. And so as I close today, again, I just, I want to call you. Join this movement. Be ready to listen to these interviews. Open up your Bible with us. Listen to us go back and forth and compare just thoughts about what Scripture says. And ultimately, may God be glorified. May his word be elevated. May we walk by faith and not by sight. And may we conquer the world one torch one spark at a time